Welcome to Meet the Filmmakers at the Apple Store Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome tonight's guest moderator from Heat Magazine, Boyd Hilton. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I'm delighted to be uh, presenting this uh, very exciting event today. We've got three top-notch, fascinating, talented people joining us soon. Well, in, in literally in a minute. But before I introduce them, let's have a look at the show they're all, all involved with. One of them has written, created, directed it. The other two are starring in it. It's very good. It starts on Friday on Sky Atlantic. It's Mr. Sloan. Let's have a look. It's not easy. It's one thing to get sacked from your job in 10 years. It's another to come home and find your wife leaving you on the very same day. The 1970s will soon be upon us. So let's enjoy it while we can. But let's do it together. 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 How long was your first term of employment at St Paul's Primary School? I'd say maybe three minutes. Maybe four minutes, actually. Girl, really it's Sloan, right? Sloan, with an E, like the square. Square. Makes sense. You're a good man with a big heart. I never found love, Jeremy. I'm just going to have a half tonight. It's trying to cut back a bit, that's all. Brand new, Mr. Sloan, coming soon to Sky Atlantic HD. Coming on Friday, to be precise. Uh, please welcome to the stage the creator, writer, and director of Mr. Sloan, Bob Whitey. <laughs> Hello. Hi. And the stars, Ophelia Lovibond and Nick Frost. Hello, hello everyone. Hi. Hello, hello. Hi. I just want to hello, know when, hello, they, everyone. when they were clapping. Uh, yeah. And the woman who was doing the language for the hearing impaired was clapping. Was she translating the clapping? I think or was so. Was she actually clapping? Uh, I think she was translating the clapping, which was involved clapping. I think. Yeah. Oh. Both. Oh, okay. Yeah, clap was definitely clapping. There you go. Now the she has to translate what we're saying now, which is really. Unusual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bob, let's yes, focus sir. on this Mr. Sloan show. Yes. Um, now, it's not only is it set in Watford, mm -hmm. it's also set in 1969. Yes. And as far as I can tell, you have n you're, you're nowhere near Watford. or the, you, you're, you're from like New York, you live in LA. Why have you done this thing set in Watford in 1969? I'm not from New York, but I consider that a compliment. Oh, okay. I'm actually from LA, yeah, oh, okay. a, a suburb of LA. Oh, okay. um, yes, and I was nine years old in 1969. And um, well, it started because, what's going on behind my back? Yeah. It started, uh, no, I, I had this idea for series for Nick Frost, and, and, and we've been friends since I first Hi came. Hi, everyone. <laughs> the I'm gentleman here. on my right. Uh, we've been friends since I first came here in 2006 or seven to direct a, a feature film, and uh, we met then, and I had this idea for a show for Nick. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Nick has uh, an English accent. He sounds funny. Yeah. Uh, unlike me, I have no accent. <laughs> and um, so, because it was a show for Nick, it had to take place in England, and uh, I didn't want it to, uh, the period thing really involves story, what's going on. It's the, the fact that uh, there's a cultural revolution happening, music, politics, it's, it's affecting everybody's way of life except for him and his mates. Uh, and and, and uh, Nick's character, Mr. Sloan, is really more of a 50s guy, 
all this cultural revolution just doesn't phase him. And rather than have it be in London, I wanted it to be in one of the uh, suburbs, one of those sort of satellite towns where even during the so-called swinging 60s, you pretty much just went to the pub every night with your mates or watched right. telly or whatever. And I like that idea that he would be apart from everything that was changing in the world. And Nick, when Bob, you, you got the idea of this character, when he sent you the script or the I gave you the idea, did you think, oh yeah, this is a, this is a guy I'd like to play. This is, this is good for me. Um, absolutely, yeah. I think as, uh, as a person and as, a, as an actor, I feel at home in, in the dark places uh, of humanity. I think that's where the best... Don't be afraid. Um, I think that's where a lot of the best stuff comes from for, 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 for actors, you know, and, yeah. and, and to have a, a role purpose built for me, which uh, is a man who's deeply in crisis, um, was, a, was a, a treat, you know. I think roles like Mr. Sloan for actors don't come along that often, and uh, I was really lucky. Because we should explain the, the opening scene, which um, we're going to see various clips coming up, but we won't see this clip. The opening scene of this comedy, it is a comedy, is you trying to commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, an, an atypical start for a comedy. Uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, but it, it's a clear indicator of where we're going, and that's up. You know, you can't get any further down, I don't think. Yeah, it starts with him at his lowest point and essentially the the arc of the series is about him trying to get back on his feet and get his life back together again after suffering through a couple of very unfortunate incidents which are told in backstory and he's a bit of a, I mean I hesitate to use the word loser but he's at, that, at the point we, he's a bit of a I mean he's lost every, he's lost his wife he's left him yeah he's lost his job so yeah. I mean really that is the word Do you feel that's the appropriate yeah, word he's he's a doormat you know and without those touchstones which he clings on to um, he he's cut adrift really, and he he doesn't know what's happening uh, around him until he meets old Muggins here, Philia Lovibon, who plays the character of Robin, and and she she reignites a spark deep down. Yes. Be rude. I yeah. meant I didn't. I wasn't. No, no, yeah. I meant inside his deep, furnace. I wasn't his soul. Yeah. Pointing at his. No. No. Willie, <laughs> and Ophelia. Well, now you've said it. <laughs> Ophelia, did you know when you when you were approached to be in this? Did you know the work of these guys? Did you did you, did you watch Curb? Had you watched all of Nick's films? Were you a fan of their uh, work? Yeah, I had. No, I had. I I don't know if I've told you this actually, but I rewatch Space to every year. Do you, you rewatch yes, it every do. year? Yes, I do. Wow. Um, so how many times have you seen it? Well, mm, I'm not That's a figure of speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a specific 27. Yeah. Okay, sure, let's go for that. Um, yeah, no, I was very familiar. That was part of the appeal of, of doing the of doing the job. Um, I'd watched lots of Curb, and then I had. A, but then when I spoke to Bob, I hadn't, I'm a Woody Allen fan, as is Bob, right. and I, had, I didn't know that he'd made the documentary. So I watched that, and yeah, you know, all of the all of the work that Nick had done, I'd seen. We fell for Ophelia immediately. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. We, when we all got into a room together, like after she left, because uh, you had to go to the airport. I flew. I my, my this makes me sound about twelve. My mum drove me to my audition. And, nice. And then um, I she did wait in the car. With you made her keep the engine running, yep. right? Just in case yes, it did. Yeah. Oh, right. And then um, she drove me straight to the airport to fly to LAX. So it was it was very quick. Interesting. Yeah. She she submitted her initial audition on tape because she couldn't be available to actually come in. Nick and I watched the tape together and flipped and we said we got to bring this girl back to have her do the scenes with Nick and, and, and do sort of a chemistry check. And then we learned she was leaving for LA to audition for TV pilots in LA. Yeah. 
so we said, let's get her in before she goes to LA because she could go to LA and get a series and then not be available. So literally, on her way to the airport, she dropped by my flat, actually. That doesn't sound very legitimate, does it? No, <laughs> cunning. What a cunning move. No, just come by the flat. flat. We'll audition you, just the yeah. two of us, three of us. And uh, so she did the audition and then got in the car. Her mom drove her to the airport. <laughs> she went to Los Angeles and we said, we better make an offer on this girl right but away. We did, I did that thing where, well, like, once she left, I was saying to Bob and, and Clelia, who was the producer, tell her, tell her to not get on the plane. <laughs> Let's, right. it. Let's just tell her to not get <laughs> on it. Because yeah. it felt, you know, yeah, yeah. it felt like... It, but it was really nice, though, because I got there to LA and then on my birthday, I found out I got the part. So oh. then it was really nice. <laughs> no, I should say, subsequently, she's been back to LA for pilot season twice and hasn't gotten shit. So thanks. Oh, thanks. Nice. Hasn't gotten anything, nice. I meant to say. Nice to feel it. Also, can I just say, uh, in Ophelia's, you know, so I think when um, you do a casting with an actress and and she gives it 100% and cries during a casting in Bob's apartment. And, and let me say, really but let me just say it was to you, part of the scene. Uh, when, and you don't feel embarrassed watching it, you, right. know, uh, you, you know you're on to a good thing. Absolutely. I think yeah. in, 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 in other, you know, if, if you're at a casting and actress cries, you kind of want to give her a dead leg and say, <laughs> pull yourself together. Uh, but it felt amazing, you know. Yeah, By yeah. the way, that scene where Ophelia, where Robin does cry in the show, we shot in uh, uh, Twickenham, right underneath the flight path of the <laughs> yeah. airport, yeah. and we were outside. And every time she, you know, got up some speed to it, and tears started to form. <laughs> exactly. Oh. oh, God. And that, that, was that noise was coming from Nick, which yeah. was really bad. It often comes out of <laughs> me, that noise, when there's some good actings going on. What was your symbol for the noise of the, <laughs> the guff? It was kind of... Lovely. Oh, oh, very good. Very well, good. That'll come that in handy. That's good to know. That's a bullshit sign, right? <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Oh, you can talk. I didn't think you could talk. I love it. <laughs> the, the, good to know. the planes were so close, you could actually see who was who had ordered the kosher meals nice. on them by looking. Yeah. And, and so... The, the <laughs> <laughs> these are the jokes. Thing <laughs> the kosher meal. <laughs> 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 which, that's a, that was a very Woody Allen thing. Um, so, so, so she would have to keep starting again, and, and oh. I, as the director, looking at my watch, said, "Would say, can you pick it up from where we left off?" And she said, "No, I've got to work up to the crying. I can't just turn it on." So but then we, we get did. to the same spot in the next plane. Nick sound effect. And it would start all over again. We finally got through we it. We did. We started the speech while the planes were there. So then once it had gone, you'd hear the end of the speech. And then we just had to time it to match to what wow. we had. It wow. Because they were about every 30 seconds. So, yeah, it was, it was the... Three minutes. Three minutes apart. Maybe next time. No, I just wanted it to be... <laughs> yeah. uh, Precise. Accurate, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> now, we should also say that Olivia Coleman is in the show. Who? Olivia <laughs> Coleman. She's, ah, yes. she's won oh, BAFTAs and stuff. Yeah. Um, in fact, the first clip we're going to have a look at is the clip of, of the two of you meeting. So let's have a look and then we'll talk about uh, it. Oh, okay. Would you like to sit down? Oh, no, thank you. It's very kind. I'm getting off at the next stop. <laughs> when's it due? Excuse me? Your little arrival. When's it due? I'm not. Nothing is due. I'm prone to bloat. And you are very rude. I beg your pardon. Please mind your own business. Well done. Thank you for the show of support. It's like a car crash happening in slow motion has powered us to stop it. Well, I can tell by your solemn demeanour that you regret not coming to my aid. 
I think the rule of thumb is never ask a woman if she's pregnant, even if her waters have just broken. Yeah, sage advice. I do well to remember that. Spanner. All right, I already said it was a mistake. Seven Dan. Wrench with fixed jaws. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, now, I understand. First of all, so you genuinely have mistaken a, 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 have, a large yeah. woman for yeah. a pregnant. Yeah. When I was a waiter, uh, it was the end of the meal. I presented the, the bill. And while I was waiting for her and her friend to sign, uh, I thought she was pregnant. So I thought, yeah, I'll do it. And I said, oh, when's it? When's it over you? Fuming, fuming. I think I might have even pointed at it with a pen. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, motion toward it. Oh, well, when's it due? <laughs> what was your tip like that night? Uh, nothing. Ah. Not a thing. Did you know that story first, Bob, when you wrote that scene? No, 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 not no. at all. It was actually a bit that I thought of for Curb Your Enthusiasm that oh. we never used. Oh, okay. And then I want something we didn't do on this show that I wanted to play on Curb. This would have been Larry David, of course, mis mistaking a woman for being pregnant, offering the seat. Is that then the next time? Uh, the thing is, we couldn't figure out how to get Larry David on public transportation because <laughs> ah. he's got four hundred million dollars. So um, then I wanted to have a call back where the next time there is a large woman and he is, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. And then he's getting off the train and the woman says, "Very rude. You won't give a pregnant woman your seat." So you know, you're screwed either way. Uh. So that was so I I used a lot of uh, unused curb bits for the show. Yeah, good to know. And it, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> just pull them out of the bin and there, yeah, yeah. there they were. Yeah. And how was it? I mean, Olivia Colman, you cast Olivia Colman before you knew she was going to win three BAFTAs, I believe. Yes. I want to say she had no BAFTAs when I cast her, but the three BAFTAs have not uh, changed my opinion of her abilities at all. I still believe in her. But uh, no, unlike Nick, who knew I was writing a show for him because yeah. I sort of pitched it to Nick as an idea. And he said, so Nick said, yeah, let's do it. But I was writing the part for Olivia secretly. Now, again, I've been friendly with her for a number of years, and we always talked about doing something together, but everybody talks about that. So I wrote this part for her, and then I gave her the finished pilot, or maybe it was the whole series was written at that point. And I said, well, you don't know this, but I've written a part for you in this show for Nick, and read it, and I hope you like it. If not, you know, no harm done. She read it. She liked it, fortunately. And there was a scheduling issue. We were worried we wouldn't be able to get her, but uh, her schedule opened up for like two weeks, and we shot all of her stuff, and I'm so thrilled. And the two of them together are just, yeah. you know, exactly the dynamic, exactly the sort of performances I had in my head when I wrote it. And there's a big contrast between their scenes, which are kind of like she's left him, and we see you in flashback, their relationship, but and, and the scenes between these two characters, between Ophelia's character. Ophelia, your character is kind of a lovely, warm very kind of trendy 60s American. We should mention American. But yes, what, she's American. How did you feel about, about that role, about A, playing an American, and playing someone uh, kind of almost like the essence of the 60s? Were you interested in that era? Yeah, the spirit usually. of ecstasy. The spirit of ecstasy, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Is, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was I was really excited about it. It's, it's, all, it's a whole, like, everything about the aesthetic and the music and the attitude is something that I was already very keen on. Um, that's why when I read it, when I first read it, I just knew I had to get the part. It was just felt like it had been uh, written for me. <laughs> so Not enough that you'd actually come in and audition for it. No, no, no. <laughs> just send a tape. flat. To send no. Tape. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, and then America, playing American, I'd, I'd, I'd never played a straight American kind of accent before, so I really wanted to. And did you get it off just like that, or did you have intensive training and uh, a coach and all that? For or the did you accent. just do it? Yeah, for the accent. No, no. no I, I, I was always quite precocious, I think, as a child, um, showing off a lot, I think. Um, so I was already familiar with doing yeah. lots of accents. The accent is flawless. I mean, a few yeah. American friends of mine have seen 
you know, the pilot just on DVD. I've shown it to a few friends. And the first question is always, who's this American actress? And I say, ha-ha, she's not American. I say it just like that. I go, ha-ha. ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> and as, a, and uh, as your character is, is a character who's the 60s is completely passed him by. So he's kind of... Yeah. He's like, he barely even knows it's going on, which is an interesting... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a lot of people, right? Yeah. I mean, I think during the, the rave generation, it was the same. And, right. And now the kind of cyber revolution, I mean, a, a lot... Of, well, don't laugh at the word cyber revolution. <laughs> we're, we're here at Apple. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think unless you're in it, you have no idea that it's happening. It's just birthdays, 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 death. Let's have a look at a clip. <laughs> yeah, actually, let's have a look at a clip, because this clip kind of sums up your character, so let's have a look. It's one thing to get sacked from your job of 10 years. It's another to come home and find your wife leaving you on the very same day. She said she had to find herself. Whatever that means. What does it mean? I can't tell you how, how rough it's been. Just last night, I considered Ending it all. Look at that. Look at it. Hmm? Is it looking? You know what that is? That's rope burn. Rope burn. I'm not brown a bit, but there it is. You smell like beer. Really? Mr. Snow? Yes. Mr. Whitmore will see you now. Yes. You're a very good listener. See you at the BAFTAs. <laughs> I think we will see you at the BAFTAs. It's, I'll it's probably be good. saying chicken or fish. <laughs> <laughs> chicken or fish. <laughs> but I think that kind of sums up the tone of it. It is a very unique kind of quality to it. It's got a kind of slightly sad, and yet it's, it's, full, of, it's full of funny, it's full of jokes, I and mean, it's just funny bits, but there is something deeply melancholy about <laughs> it at the same time. And it even looks at it, it's kind of got a grey, browny look to it. Is that something that you were... Uh, yeah, well, the, the, there's two people I should uh, uh, give a shout-out to, as That's the kids it. say. Is that the phrase, shout-out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one is our production designer, Dennis DeGroote, who has a, just a great eye for detail, and he's a great eye. He's a great person to hire for any sort of period work because he's really fastidious and wants every single thing right. And he was sort of responsible for the, for the look and the settings and the props and all of that. And then a wonderful... Uh, director of photography named Ben Wheeler, who uh, was just great. And I really fought to give Ben the time he needed to light it right. And when we first met, I said to him what every cinematographer longs to hear, which is, I'd like this to look like film. I'm not afraid of shadow and darkness mm -hmm. and contrast. And uh, you know, it should look artistic and all that. And he was, he was great with all of that. So, so the look, like the show itself, has its dark spots and its light spots. But you've also got, you look, I mean, I have to say, even though you're playing this kind of fairly, uh, fairly kind of normal everyman guy, you, you look pretty natty. That suit, the suits and the glasses and everything, it's a, it's a good look. Do you think everyone in the 60s just looked, kind of looks good now from looking back on it from yeah. our point of view? <laughs> yeah, I think they did. I think that it was the greatest era for, for, for English fashions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, end. Yeah. And the end, feel, uh, end of answer. We'll see soon your clip. <laughs> After the next clip, we will actually see you in a clip. And you, you I mean, you look, your stuff looks incredible. Was it a joy to wear those kind of it's all our own clothes? Was it all your own? <laughs> That's the other reason you got the gig. <laughs> yeah, it was all, all my stuff. I kept, well, I didn't get to keep any of it, though. It was all no. hired. It was all kept like little precious treasures in some lock-up in Hendon. Oh. So I didn't get to keep any of it. You just stolen it, couldn't you? Like, I, it I did try, but it was noticed. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I kept a lot of the jewellery. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think the clip we're going to see now is we see more of you and Olivia in flashback. 
uh, Olivia Coleman's character. And let's let's have a look at this. Let's okay. Dear, I didn't know the gambling was that bad. Back then, yeah. But look, enough about my friends. Tell me. Look down the road ahead of us. Do you see what I see? A lorry. <laughs> Not a lorry. I'm talking about our future together. What does it look like, sausage? It looks beautiful. I see adventure. I see travel to exotic places. I see a life of art, music, culture, romance. Candlelight dinners, dancing on moonlit beaches. Oh, it sounds wonderful. I love our future. And you're not, you're not disappointed by our honeymoon destination? No. No, not at all. Never been to Southend. Well, look, it's hardly the med, but the deposit on the house. We just need to be frugal, just for a little bit. Better to plan the future than regret the past. I promise, once we get through this, you can have a proper honeymoon, wherever you'd like to go. Oh, I don't care, as long as we're together. I'm sure Southend is the most beautiful place on Earth. <laughs> it's home to the world's longest pleasure pier. <laughs> I think there was a point during that when <laughs> Olivia pointed out that even at that point, she regrets marrying Sloane. Yeah, you yeah. know, when she looks off, you can see yeah. the melancholy rising in her eyes. Yeah, that came in sort of halfway through the thing, <laughs> but at the very beginning, you know, Sloane's looking all proud and she's like staring out the window, like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why did I do this? South End. How did you, so those, how did you know well, those, about those South are End? the kinds of things where, where oh, Essex, there were enough British eyes on the script. Although, that particular question, do you remember I emailed you and I said, what's a really crappy place for a guy to take his wife? on a honeymoon we go. and as I was writing you I was kind of looking on Wikipedia and you and I both emailed each other and w w I said I've got it South End right as your email came in that said South yeah. End and then we both sent each other emails 10 seconds later that said home of the world's longest pleasure pier yeah. so I knew we were on to something uh, there because uh, uh, yeah we were both in sync on that South End, it's, it's pretty grim, isn't it? I mean, I'm from Essex as well, so I feel... Yeah, where about you from Essex? I'm from Ilford. Are you from yeah. Ilford? I'm, yeah. I'm from, yeah, yeah, I'm from Dagenham. Yeah. Oh, sorry, chat yeah. with yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think Ilford's worse. <laughs> Which is, I was going to say, before we look at the next... With you, it's, it's a little bit of a romantic comedy thing going on. Do you think well, it, sure, when she enters yeah, the picture, exactly. what's going to happen? So we're going to see that meeting. Was oh, that a thing you, you wanted to try your hand at? It's, it's kind of like... Not I, you know, the, the, the initial idea that I had for the show, I actually spoke into my iPhone into the voice memo app. Do nice. I get anything? Where's, where's the swag bag? You get your 16 gig on the way out. <laughs> 16 gig? Come on. Uh, if you're lucky. 16. So uh, in any event, and the, the first words I spoke about the, the show, I, somehow the name Jeremy Sloan came to me, the name of the show, Mr. Sloan, the fact that he was an accountant who had lost his job, his wife. I mean, a lot of these things that made their way into the finished show were from this initial rambling into my iPhone. And, um, but one of the things was that he would meet a girl and there would be hope for something to happen. And mm -hmm. I, I thought initially it would be in the final episode, but I said, no, let's put it in the first episode so we can play the game of are they or, or aren't they, mm -hmm. you know. Because there's every indication that this is only a friendship and that anything beyond that might be in Sloane's imagination. She just appreciates because, oh, well. no, well. <laughs> no, and then you hire Nick and then that. it's got to be romantic, so <laughs> I scrapped that. But... Uh, you know, we get her backstory a little later on and what's happened to her, and she appreciates that there's this guy who doesn't seem to be hitting on her, but is genuinely sweet to her and nice to her, and, and then things start to develop from there. So that just became, uh, 
in, in the face of all the dark things that were happening to Sloan, a, a ray of hope. So I thought it would play well dramatically. Well, we've got, let's have a look at this clip, which is the, the first meeting of the two of you. We'll see. Yeah. Sorry, mate. That's okay. I ate a Frey Bentos this morning. It disagreed with me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Start disagreeing with them. That's a bloody fight to the finish. Good God Almighty. For the record, that wasn't me. Why wasn't you? The old factory assault. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting over a cold. I'm a bit blocked up anyway, so. Oh, right. Well, never mind. You shouldn't be embarrassed. I grew up with three brothers. Right, right. But, I mean, seriously, it wasn't me. If you say so. It's not that I'm just saying so. There was a man with long hair and a straggly beard. The owner stepped away from the register. Do you know where I would find these? Uh, let me have a look. Waste pipe. Waste elbow. Oh, dear God! What? It just hit me. Yes, that's what I was saying. The man with the straggly... Oh, excuse me. Don't, no, wait! Your, your note! Wait, wait! <laughs> you really should be ashamed of yourself. I swear it wasn't me. I know, I'm kidding. I saw the guy you meant. He should register himself as a lethal bloody weapon. Right, the military could probably <laughs> use him. So Roger Ebert coined the phrase meet cute, didn't he? But I think that's the first meet cute I've seen revolving around a fart. Yeah, I have to say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What better Just way to meet, meet than cute. meet cute? <laughs> the meet cute in a, oh, in a rom com. I know which one I am out of those two words. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that, that I, by the way, that's based <laughs> on saying M E A T. Well, yeah, this case, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. very mental. Yeah, that that by the way actually happened to a friend of mine. So, wow, yeah, Some, something very similar to I tweaked oh. it a little bit, but there's a lot of great. Eye acting going on when, in, in that scene because you have to like respond to the smell and then respond to a feeling. I love the in. moment where it hits Robin, yeah, where, right, you, where yeah. you see her realizing what he's talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, acting. We do, we do a lot of eye work. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> we tend to act with our whole bodies, <laughs> yeah, not no, just our mouths. No, absolutely. It's yeah. all, you know that's what you get when you hire us. You get it all. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, an American would also have no idea what Frey Bentos was. No, I was going to say. How did you know about that? Oh, I had okay. him say something like, "I ate something for breakfast that disagreed with me." You said something like a hot dog or something. I didn't <laughs> say a hot dog. Uh, well, <laughs> I said breakfast. Oh, Nick said, "Let's cake. make it Frey Bentos," <laughs> and I said, "I don't know what that is, but if you say it's funny, I'll go with it." So, did you let these? these did you two kind of, you know, improvise? Did you embellish? Did you add to? The, was it, or did you stick to the script? How was that? How was it? What was the kind of mood on set in terms no, of that? Yeah, I mean, I think. We always did a few as, as written, you know, it's Bob spent months, you know, harvesting a, a beautiful egg. It would be a shame not to use it in our omelette. Oh, what a rubbish oh. analogy. <laughs> no, um, good. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you always do a few as written and then you just kind of have a laugh with it. Uh, but within the bounds of your characters and the scene, uh, otherwise you just... It, 
often just becomes long, elongated rubbish. Yeah. Also, Nick and I spent <laughs> a few days in my I've flat just films. reading the scripts out loud. Right. And every now and then, like, like the Frey Bentos thing, every now and then he'd say, can I say this in instead? And I'd almost always say, of, of course. And then we had a little rehearsal time for a few days before we shot with Nick and the, the fellows who play his mates. And improv would come out of that that I would just write down and incorporate into the script. So there's always room to do that. And then on the day, if you're filming, if, if something inspires you, there's that freedom too. It would be silly to be so precious about the dialogue that you expect every word to be said mm. as is. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that romantic comedy element of it, Ophelia, that was your key to, is it, was, it must have been nice. Because it's hard to get right, isn't it, that kind of thing? It, you can be quite kind of cliche rom-coms, can't they? But this feels to me like something quite different. Than you. Well, it, the whole tone of it is quite bittersweet. It was never, it never felt kind of cloying. Mm. Um, and it, it is more in the vein of comedy. And, and because they do generally get on, there's such a good friendship there. And exactly, fortunately, yeah. he's quite nice. So it was easy to conjure that on screen. Absolutely, and for you, I mean, you you were in you you're, you did Cuban Fury, which was a, which was a, a, a nice kind of old-fashioned rom-com in a yeah. way. Do you like do you like the genre? Do you kind of do you feel it's um, a bit? Yeah, I mean, I find it laughable, really, that I would be cast as a romantic lead. It makes me ch laugh, I guess, and, and I Not think... Not true. Well, no, thank you, Bob. Um, you now get a 32-gig iPod. <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> now I said hot dog. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a nice thing. I think it... You know, everyone falls in love. You don't just have to look like a beautiful statue to, to, to be considered attractive, I don't think. Uh, right, uh, <laughs> Ophelia. Um, you know, I think it helps that uh, Ophelia and I actually have a genuine affection for one another, and I, you know, and a, and a respect, and I like making her laugh. And when you're making a romantic comedy, uh, you know, it, it, it helps. I think well, sometimes I when you, I haven't finished. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when you do a romantic comedy and you don't buy it, it's because the leads kind of don't like each other. Right. And, uh, you know, people, people know that. Uh, Thanks. Uh, I was going to say that the biggest laugh I ever got out of him, or I was always trying to make him laugh because there is a, a satisfaction you get from that, was when I pretended to fall off a table and he, that just got the biggest <laughs> laugh out Hilarious. of him. Oh, you can't the be most a bit of inane piece of humour. There's nothing inane about grape slapstick, I think. Yeah, no, it was, no, fair it, it was good. <laughs> Absolutely. And for you, Bob, was it, I mean, obviously, we know you for your, your Woody Allen um, film. Was, 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 was that was the inspiration of that? <laughs> Sorry, I was just... <laughs> Sorry. Happened to sigh at the same time. I mean, he's... You were the one who said, don't mention Series 3 of Space coming up. Oh, so we got to yes. talk about oh, that. Yeah, that's out true. next year. Yeah. Don't say that. Oh, my God. See, so just a fanboy squeed himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of squee came out. A lot of squee there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But did you, did you get something? Because he's the king of the best rom-coms, isn't he, really? He's like, Andy Hall's kind of like the best one ever, in a way, isn't it? Sure. You know, it's interesting because uh, uh, Ophelia and I are both Woody Allen fans. And uh, she's probably sick of hearing this by now. But when I first saw her aud audition, I've, I've always said that every American comedy filmmaker, every American comedy director is still trying to make Annie Hall, yeah, except right. for Woody Allen, who right. thinks the film's overrated. <laughs> but when I saw her audition, I thought there was sort of a Diane Keaton-ish quality about her that I liked. And then everybody subsequently at Big Talk and Sky, who saw her audition, said there's something Diane Keaton-ish about her. Um, so that Absolutely. was great, but uh, she's herself, she's not anyone else, and Nick is certainly no Woody Allen. So, <laughs> you know, you make do with what you've got. 
fair enough. Yeah. And you know, I heard you saying today that you that you kind of did a little bit. You had a little go at the directing in, in this, and a little bit of go at even camera operating. I did. I operated one shot, which made the which made the edit, which I was I think more chuffed about than anything uh, really? I've done in film or, or television. Was it wow. the hole? The hole uh, in the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, it was the hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, at one point, I fixed the so hole in the ceiling, which my uh, failed suicide has 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 done, and and they let me do that shot. Nice. And sometimes if Bob was having a sleep between setups, I'd kind of take the helm and <laughs> yeah. put, put out the fires. You watch this guy in a monitor all day, see how long you can stay awake. You love it. Hey. Nice. Nice. Well, on that note, let's no. throw Yeah, No, we're throwing it to the audience now. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're not finished. Just got to give these guys time to... Yeah. So we've got, I think, some roving mics, hopefully. But if you have a question, put your hand up and uh, Mike will come to you. Who's first? Yeah. Lady in the front row in the middle. Uh, there. Yeah, just there. Just stand, you're about a foot away from us. We'll hear you. <laughs> Mic's on its way. Here we go. Yes. Hello. Hello. Um, Hello. With uh, doing this, did the tra dance training for Cuban Fury come in handy for, for filming Mr. Sloan? No. No. Oh, my, we have a dance, it did, don't we? It did, yeah, it did. Me and her have a dance at one point, and, and uh, yeah, I think there was some, some nice fresh dips and, and spins that we that we did right there were lots of fresh dips yeah it's a lot of fresh dips and spins <laughs> end of answer <laughs> <laughs> thank you and any other questions oh yeah lady next to you oh, good. that was good nice that worked out um did you enjoy catching up with peter serafonowicz again after oh, yeah. sean of the dead yeah but he's been a mate of mine for 17 years so you know i i i, I see him often and uh i, I Pete, I love working with him. I think he's an amazing actor, and I love watching him act. You know, it's it's he brings such a spirit to a set, and he's when you watch this, you see him drifting in and out of kind of young Michael Caine all the time, you know, and <laughs> Kenneth Williams and lots of other little kind of sixties uh, comedy, you know. And we didn't really mind, oddly, that it wasn't it kind of wasn't the same two scenes in a row, but it it worked as his character was was. Ross was kind of like that. I have to say, Peter, I was only familiar with his sketch work. I'd never right. seen him do any you know, proper acting. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, and I'm not speaking out of school because Peter knows this, he came in and did not the best audition. Yeah. And you know, Nick is like this too. Nick is the first one to say that if he has to audition for a part, forget it. Some actors yeah. are great on camera, but being in the room and having to sit there, it's a whole different thing. And Pete did an audition that wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And some actors maybe even did a better audition, but I, just from knowing what I did of his work, and he's so engaging on camera and in the room, you just want to watch him. I said, I know he can do this. I know he can do this. Nobody put up a fight. All the other producers and the backers and the network were quite happy, and and uh, he absolutely nailed it. He's just yeah. great in yeah. the role. He kind of plays like the world's worst dad or a, bad, a pretty bad dad, doesn't he? In the, in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's again, this apparently happened all the time back in the day is that, you know, the uh, uh, mom would be at home and dad would be at the pub and, uh, you know, dragging the kid along with him. We have some scenes where the kid is in the pub, you know, waiting because he's got school in the morning, waiting for dad to come home. And then uh, a scene where he's in the car, in the yeah. car park. And a, a lot of people who grew up at that time said, I was oh, a yeah, pub I was, rat. I was were a you pub in the rat. car? Yeah, when yeah I was in the, in the 70s. 70s. 
God. in that pub wow. rat in oh Ilford, oh, uh, the Lord Napier. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah, that's where I used to be a pub rat. Wow. So I'd, I'd be collector from school and I'd have to go and sit behind the bar and wait for mum to finish. Except you yeah. had your own bottle. She so was working. Yeah, I'd have little little pint glasses. And yeah, it hasn't really had any. You've still, you know, you're such a lovely man. Brad. Right? So, yeah. Thanks, no, boys. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, next question from, yeah, gentlemen. Could you just pass the mic along to the gentleman here? Thank you. Uh, for Bob, uh, being an American director, directing uh, and creating a You're British... You're an American too, aren't you? I'm an American you? too. Oh, no, this yank. is just an accent. No, just kidding. What uh, state are you from? I'm from I'm from Colorado, studying in California, in L.A. All film, right. You know, film major, got to go to this kind of uh, thing. Sure. Uh, but what's it like uh, creating a British series as an American, and do you think, like, as writing and creating it, you built in a lot of, like, cross-cultural things, like, uh, can an American... Uh, appreciate the series as much as a Brit. Yeah, I, I think an American can appreciate the series as much as a Brit because the basic story is a universal story. It's about friendship, it's about loss, it's about uh, love, it's about recovering from bad things that have happened and trying to find your way. I think these are all universal things. Now, pub life is certainly something I knew nothing about, but I know what it is to hang out with your friends, and uh, at least I used to. And um, you know, so I, what was, and I did spend a year here when I was doing How to Lose Friends. I spent a solid year here, and you can soak up a fair amount of the culture after a year. I don't know how long you're out here for, but it, it, it's one more of, day. Oh, well. One more day. <laughs> no, oh, sad. Wow. How long have you been here? I've been here since Sunday. So have you soaked a lot of it up? Uh, <laughs> not enough. Okay. <laughs> no, but in any event, uh, so yeah, and as I say, there are enough British eyes to make those corrections. Now, th there's there's a pub scene that virtually opens the first episode after, uh, in, in any event, episode one, there's a pub scene. And I had a bit at one point where a waitress brings food to the table and they all know her and they call her Mary and she says, hi, Sloane, you know. And uh, a friend of mine here in England, actually the first person to read the script before I took it around, said, no, 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 there's, you're thinking of the modern day gastropubs. There was no food service in the pubs back then. There were certainly no waitresses. There were barmaids who would wipe the table. But so I had to take that bit out. So there, were, again, there are enough British eyes on it to tweak and correct those things. But I always saw this as kind of a universal story that could take place most uh, any place at any time. You would have probably got polos, packet of polos in a pub, or. Uh, mm. A thick cheese roll mm. under a plastic cloche. Yeah, if you're lucky. It sounded like something Alan Bennett might <laughs> write, is. isn't it? <laughs> Very Bennett. Thank you. Thanks, for question. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, one of boys. Your, uh, I might do it as Bennett for the rest. <laughs> Bear with me. Oh yeah, do. <laughs> yes, young man. <laughs> hey, right. Um, what is the best uh, acting advice uh, for screening that have been given, or you can give to all three of you? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't best make me go first. Any, uh, Bob. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I, look, I mean, I'd say don't do anything. Don't act, you know. I know it sounds counterintuitive for an actor, but uh, try to do nothing. I remember I did a film a long time ago and they used uh, non-actors in, in extra roles. And I remember I was behind the camera watching them at, at one point. They didn't do a thing and it was amazing. And, and you, it's very difficult to try and teach that because actors... Uh, a lot of actors are, by essence, giant show-offs who want to be seen and will will uh, overact. So, uh, I mean, we do it on set a bit. I think we did it, and I try and I do it with Simon a lot, but we'll do a take or we'll do a rehearsal and I'll go up to him and I'll whisper, hey, why don't you take about 90% off of that? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, so I think don't, don't act. Just, you know, 
Just let it come out of you. <laughs> Thanks very much. And the proof is in the pudding, because when you see Nick on screen, you mm -hmm. say, this guy... He cannot act. Yeah, he can't act. <laughs> no, he doesn't act. Not he doesn't cannot. act. Oh, I see. I'd spent the Interesting afternoon eating Choco Leibniz with Sue. Uh, who's next? <laughs> Let's go to a clip. Oh, yeah, gentlemen. <laughs> no, we're running no more clips. Clip, Bob. Yeah, gentlemen in the front. I've got another question for Nick. So you've done films, you've had your own TV series, and you've uh, done voice acting as well as your own documentary back in the day. Is Keep there going. <laughs> I like um, you. I, what else have you done? I can't even think. Is there anything else that you want to kind of aspire to do or something that you just want to keep going forward to and do something in the near future that you haven't done yet? Um, just keep... keep uh, I guess uh, I'd like to direct... Um, and, and just working with amazing people, you know, I think that's all you can ask as an actor and someone in my job is that you can be in a position where you generate your own stuff, which is good and that people like, and, and you surround yourself with, with people you want to work with, you know. I think time on earth is so t finite and small that it's a real waste if you spend it working with shitheads, you know, <laughs> and doing a job that you hate. Don't even bother, don't do it. Don't turn up, you know. Uh, and I'm very lucky that I'm in a position where I get to come to work with my best mates and, 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 and muck about, essentially, you know. I'm very lucky. What if your best mate is a shithead? Let's have a look at a clip. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag shithead. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> For those tweeting. Thank you. Good question. Thank you. Any more questions? You did say no swearing, right? Is this shit or shit? I think, well, I think we're already out. Shit, keep doing it. You yeah, keep exactly. doing it. I think, I think you've gone back down to an eight gig, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag downgrade. Back in the day, eight gig was plenty. Uh, let's have a couple more, yeah. then we can go and continue our lives. And maybe we'll go Garfunkel's and have a for here. Yeah. <laughs> Any more questions? Any more questions? Well, I was just going to ask to round off by saying what, what you're all doing next, because you've got. Your pilot, you've, do, you've done a pilot for yeah, Fox? Yeah, I did a pilot for Fox called Sober Companion with the amazing Justin Long, and we're waiting to hear if that gets picked up. It may not, it might, uh, you know, who knows. But if it does, you're going to be doing it for seven years, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah touch wood, you yeah. know. I mean, uh, would it be that successful? Who knows? And Ophelia, you're in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. This is true. Excited? Yeah. We're excited. Uh, yeah. Rocket Raccoon, the voice of. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's yeah. that. I'm really versatile. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah. I, yeah, they had a new trailer out today. It does look quite epic. Do you mean it? No. Oh, right. No, it's just like the mainly the raccoon actually swearing well. and stuff. Um, no, I'm really excited. I haven't seen any of it. So. Haven't you? Have you yeah. any sense of like, what it's going to be like? Whether it's going to be huge, you know? Can you tell when you're in that kind of film? Yeah, it's quite. I th it's quite tongue in cheek. It's quite oh, cool. the the playing the sort of humour of it a lot. Oh, nice. Um, I, but I don't know. They've been really secretive. I think that's something Marvel are very good at. They by are, way. yeah. You know, absolutely. Even yeah. with Thor and, and Iron you know. Man. Yeah, yeah Iron they're great. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. And Bob, are you, are you doing any more Curb? Any more? Are you doing your Cola Wars film? Is that going to? Uh, I'm not going to discuss Wars. any of that. Colon Wars. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Every time I mention something I'm working, on, the next day it's uh, headline. It's in the that papers. I'm, doing yeah. something. I'm trying like, to get Jesus, you in trouble. I'm at outline stage. Yeah. The only thing that I'll talk about uh, is uh, putting uh, returning back to my documentary world is I'm finally finishing a documentary I've been working on for more than three decades on author oh, wow. Kurt Vonnegut, oh, Kurt Vonnegut which will yeah. join the ranks of my Marx Brothers, W.C. Fields, Lenny Bruce, Woody Allen, all my sort of cultural uh, <laughs> inspirations. And Vonnegut was my literary idol for years. Became very friendly with him. He died about seven years ago, and I'm finally this year going to finish my Kurt Vonnegut documentary. So. Oh, excellent. Cool. Let's see a clip. <laughs> um, let's read an extract from Slothouse yes, Fine. Yes, that would be an amazing way of ending it, wouldn't it? Um, we have run out of time, so it's Linda Loft in there. Linda yeah. Loft, she like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick, Ophelia, Bob, and just to say, so Mr. Sloan starts Sky Atlantic Friday, 9 o'clock. Yeah. 
Mm. And, it's, right. it's, and it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank, you, you thank you. Thank you for everyone for coming. Thanks. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.